0: Dear fans, I find it difficult to come to you now writing this letter, but I hope that it finds you well, and that the message contained herein is one that you'll understand comes from the deepest parts of my heart. In these difficult times, it's difficult to find time to do things which are difficult, especially in the limited amount of time that we have. And all I can really say is that When confronted with such times as we have, which are difficult, it's really difficult to look inward and find the time to manage the difficulty that one often finds from time to time. In short, I hope that of the Outcast will go on. It was certainly doing fine when I got there, and Rich has certainly found excellent people to follow up with it. I know this time may come difficult for you. Let me just tell you that this time is difficult for me as well. And I hope that over time, the difficulty will lessen. Although scientifically, that's proven not to be true. Sincerely, Earl Newton.
1: I have a message. Earl Newton, the creator, producer of Stranger Things, is playing was shot down over the Sea of Japan. Spun in. There were no survivors.
0: P.S. Please, Rich, don't do something weird and obscure like a MASH reference, because no one's going to get it, and the three people that do get it probably won't be listening to a podcast. Um, If anything, they'll probably be in some sort of Managed care situation. If you're really going to do any kind of reference, you should probably modernize it. You should probably do something, say, like a Kanye West reference. Or maybe... Yo, 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 I'm going to let you
2: finish, but my man John Stewart had the best sarcastic, ironic observation this year.
0: P.P.S. Oh, good luck, Christiana.
3: You sleep your headphones on. I'll be a radio And if you turn me on How would you ever know She's lost in that she comes Boom
1: boom 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 Big and <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that that was the that's the intro. Yeah. Thank you. That was that was that was awesome.
2: Yeah, it was. I, like I liked it.
1: I like that. Now, I, I know you're you're hearing a different voice than you normally do with Roto. Yeah, it's me. It's it's Christiana Ellis. Hi. Um, she she's made of awesome. Definitely uh, tested.
2: Actually, I'm only ninety eight percent awesome. Two uh, percent rayon.
1: Pre- really? Are you machine washable?
2: Yeah, but you have to be careful with the dry cycle. It's I'm a little bit delicate. Believe it or oh,
1: not, a little dry clean only action. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> well, now some of you people may be wondering why Earl is no longer doing the show. Um, Earl is obviously incredibly busy with uh, with Stranger Things. So stuff to do. Stuff to do. Yeah. So I I asked my my good friend Christiana Ellis. Obviously, no no stranger to podcasting. Though you know this is. We've recorded quite a few times together, but this is kind of the first time that we've specifically done a show just, uh, just her and I. So yeah, it's, it's a little weird. I, well, I'm not going to say it's awkward per se. It's 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 kind of like you know, kind of like feeling each other out. You know, I, I mean, um, <laughs> it's it's. Uh, well, uh, you know, I uh, mean, yeah, I
2: guess I mean, it's a little bit like uh, I don't know, you know, two friends going on at, on a date or um. I,
1: well, well, I, I mean, mean I, I I guess.
2: Yeah. Well, not not that I mean it like you know i mean no i mean not with uh, i mean
1: well. look you're you're a lovely girl i i mean i wish you the best of luck in future endeavors but <laughs> but it's it's well, i mean it, it, look w- well, when you, when well, we hang out we uh, gel Yeah. But, and and so we're hoping that a lot of that will kind of translate to chemistry to yeah. chemistry uh-huh with uh uh with well, with molecular well,
2: bonds
1: <laughs> well, that's a little nerdy wow well, I, I love I'm it when you nerdy. talk nerdy <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh uh-huh um so
2: uh, yeah so yeah, I mean it might take us a little while to sort of get into like the rhythm of you know what it, what we're going to do.
1: Yeah, it it's it feels kind of silly because I mean, I look, we're we're seasoned vets. We're professionals. Yeah. We've been in podcasting longer than 6 months, which let's face it makes us pros. <laughs> yeah, pretty much um we're the we're the old guard uh-huh. as it were although i'm the oldest guard chances are anybody listening to this i've been podcasting longer than they are <laughs> and it's gotten me nowhere show off but uh but well yeah speaking of showing off you know like you let's uh, talk a little bit about you
2: let's talk about me
1: um you are an acclaimed author i am i can see your rewards from here
2: yeah I, I I had to turn around to see them, but yeah, they're 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 certainly visible if you're facing the right direction.
1: Well, that's true, that's true, and you currently are not. So I'm gonna, let me walk the listener around the table here. Uh, Christiana is sitting directly across from me uh, on a table, and uh, not on a table, but in front of a table. Yeah, um, well, at,
2: you know, at the table, at the
1: table, yes, mm-hmm. and uh, directly behind her, um, kind of in about the uh, I'd say four o'clock position, are her awards, which of course requires her to turn around to see them. Yeah, I can of course gaze at them uh, quite. Uh, why don 't why don 't you just go ahead and talk about um about because, because you are an author
2: oh, but I hate the sound of my own voice <coughs> not really um anyway uh, well you know i i've i 've done my podcast novel Nina Kimberly, the Merciless, which came like became a print novel um would have been nice if amazon hadn 't screwed me on the launch day thing yeah. but uh uh it 's been going great since then. Um I also did the uh the audio drama space, Casey. You were in that? Yes, actually. You were a nerdy hacker? Yes, I was. Yeah. Typecasting. <laughs> <laughs> some kind of casting. Friend casting. Uh, Friend
1: casting. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Okay. Nepotism. That's, yeah. But, oh, wait. Are we related?
2: Are we? Is Are we is that we what both that means? have red
1: hair. <laughs> Nepotism is usually when you hire somebody that's related to you. Oh in some way. Darn,
2: what's friends then? Is that cronyism? Are you my crony?
1: I think so. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are in fact in fact cronies. Um but with the uh, obviously, you know, there there are other podcasts that you do with yeah. uh with uh, uh hey, you want to watch a movie? Yeah, we which watch I've been on.
2: we watch movies.
1: Yeah, and that, that that's a lot of fun. Um also uh there the, the, you have another one, like Christiana explains it all or something like that.
2: Uh well, it was originally Christiana talks about stuff.
1: That's what it was.
2: However, It was later changed to talking about stuff so as to not downplay the participation of my co-host, Mike Mateen, Mm. who's an old friend of mine and was on every episode, and so it started seeming... I was concerned that other people might think that it seemed narcissistic Mm. to have it named only after me, so it became talking about stuff, but then as we... Realized we were talking about Survivor more than any other stuff. We decided to spin off talking about stuff and talking about Survivor as separate shows. And uh, now we end up doing talking about Survivor about ten times as often as talking about stuff. (laughs) But uh, incidentally, Survivor is awesome. So there. Anyone who doubts me can do something unpleasant.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. I do not uh, completely agree with that. I I don't personally like the show. But... I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm not down. I'm not. Uh, I'm <laughs> not downplaying uh, the the show. Let's talk about something else. Okay. Uh, what I, do people, I'm kind of do digging we, myself a hole. Well,
2: okay. So, what do people talk about to like break the ice? I
1: don't know. I mean, there's all kind of weather.
2: Weather. People, yeah.
1: People talk a lot about the weather. Um, I, I don't really know that much about the weather.
2: Mm. I. I know. I can tell the difference when it's raining, and not.
1: Yeah, um, let's 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 cut to a sketch. Maybe maybe okay. Maybe if if the ball's kind of rolling, yeah. we'll feel a little bit more comfortable. All right, we'll see how that goes.
4: The weather.
2: Welcome back, everybody. If you can all get settled, we can get started with part two of the seminar. Good! How was that box lunch? Did you all take a little time to think about some of those questions I asked you? How are you going to make your evil dreams a reality? This morning, I taught you that this world is not a place that rewards playing by the rules. The so-called heroes are fighting a lost cause in a futile pursuit for an unattainable perfection. The little guy just trying to live his life? Roadkill and collateral damage. (laughs) Villains are the ones who get things done. And you can be one of those villains getting your things done with the skills that we covered this morning. But you still have to put in the work. Sloth may be a sin, but evil is not for the lazy. So, in part two this afternoon, we'll be workshopping some real-world examples. We won't have time to do everybody today, but this should give you a good sense of the process. So let's get started. First, we need a volunteer. Uh, you. Yes, you in the third row. Please come up to the stage.
1: Oh, wow. I
2: can't believe you picked me. Why not? Don't you deserve to be a supervillain just as much as anyone else here? Um, yeah. I guess so. Remember rule number one. Own your evil. Now, do you deserve to be a villain or don't you? Yes. Own it! Yes! Excellent. So the first thing I notice is that you are not in costume.
1: Um, yeah. I'm not really good with that sort of thing. I, I don't know where to start. That's alright. That's alright. We all
2: have our own skill sets. And, of course, if you turn to page 34 of your white books, you can see a list of several villain-friendly costume designers who can do the heavy lifting for you. But the costume designer is to do what you want, so you need to know what you're looking for. So, do you have a name picked out? Um, I was thinking... Sergeant Chaos. (laughs) Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, we've got Chaos... That's good. Classic. People are scared of chaos. It it implies disorder and the unknown, as well as destruction. Yeah. You've paired it with sergeant, which is a little bit tricky, because although a military rank definitely can be a good component for a villain name, you've set up a little bit of a contradiction for yourself. The military angle tends to be all about lawful evil and oppression and totalitarianism and fascism, all good stuff, but it doesn't really mesh with the anarchy and panic implied by the chaos. It's also suggestive of a lack of confidence that you didn't make yourself an officer. Now, a good contradiction can work for you, but it's a little harder for the heroes and bystanders to know what to expect from you. We may not choose our own birth names, but when we choose a villain name, it should really communicate something about you.
1: So what does Sergeant Chaos communicate for you? Wow. I wasn't actually thinking about all that disorder and anarchy thing. I was thinking of chaos theory, you know, like science.
2: Well, that, that is one way to go. But understand that if all of us here didn't think of that first... It's unlikely that your average victim will grasp your meaning. But, uh, tell me more. Why chaos theory?
1: Because I can control the weather.
2: Oh, well, weather control. That's very good. Classic power. Good stuff. A lot to work with there. Why the chaos theory angle, though?
1: Well, you know that saying about how the butterfly flaps its wings in New York and you get rain instead of sunshine in Japan? Well, that's kind of how I control the weather. You manipulate the air? No. I have a trained butterfly.
2: Uh, A butterfly? Yeah. Um... It it, it sounds, then, like your real power is control of insects, not the weather.
1: Actually, it's not all insects. Just butterflies. Actually, just the one. And... He won't really do anything besides flap his wings when I tell him.
2: But he can control the weather?
1: Well, yeah. Just like the
2: saying says, right? Uh, can you demonstrate for us? I'm sure,
1: but it'll take a little while. Uh, How long? Uh, about four to six weeks. Four to six weeks? Yeah, four to six weeks, give or take a week. Weather's pretty complicated, you know? Oh, okay. this? This is not insurmountable.
2: Okay, so we can't get a demonstration right now, but what sort of weather can you create? Floods? Earthquakes? Hailstorms? Oh sure, all that stuff. Ah, well, excellent then. This we can work with. Clearly your forte should be in extortion rather than theft or other malicious behavior. You create a disaster and then promise more if they don't pay
1: up. Uh, do I have to? What? Have to what? Like create a disaster first. Couldn't I just, like, threaten them and get the money without hurting anyone? Well, this
2: we covered this this morning. You're going to have to establish yourself as a credible threat before anyone will pay you anything.
1: Yeah, but see, the butterfly probably won't be happy about that. He's doing all the work, after all, and I don't think he'd want to do any freebies.
2: Freebies?
1: Yeah, it took a lot of convincing to get him to go along with the villain idea in the first place. The butterfly... Took convincing you know honestly i don't think his heart's really in it but hey what can you do we're a team well
2: i i suppose you you could take credit for a naturally occurring weather disaster like uh, hurricane katrina or um that tsunami in samoa
1: what no oh that's awful do you know how many people died in that tsunami and katrina too Man, no, that's just bad taste. That's it. Get off my stage. What? Well, I paid good money for this seminar. Henchman, remove him, please. Are you call security? You coward! You pay for this. I tell you, when you're fixing all the hail damage on your car next month. Ladies you'll and be gentlemen, sorry. I hope you learned something from that
2: little ordeal. Our good friend Sergeant Chaos's problem was not his lack of costume or his lame power. So lame. But no, rather, it was a lack of motivation. If you're not out for revenge against someone or other, you have no point in being a supervillain in the first place. So, who's next? You there, come on up here. What's your villain name?
1: Kitten Man.
2: Okay, let me stop you right there. (sighs) Henchman17, we're going to need some coffee in here.
1: You ever read comic books?
0: I don't. I mean, what's the point with all the capes we have flying around these
1: days? Every hero worth his salt has a cool origin story, right? Well, that's a load of crap. Maybe it happens sometimes to those headline heroes, but not the meta-humans I know. Most of us feel like we were gang-raped
0: by a cosmic freight train with a twisted sense of humor. Welcome to Meta Mediocrity. An audio comic book written and read by Jay Lynn. Join us for our full podcast at metamediocrity.com where
1: you'll find lively discussion on a wide range of topics along with regular episodes of this audio
2: comic. Wow so that was really only a little bit about weather.
1: Well I, I, I thought it brought up some really good points about weather that it's it's in fact uncontrollable yeah. therefore it's unpredictable
2: unpredictable yes so certainly
1: really don't know what's what's gonna gonna happen boy it didn't get any easier no did it maybe no. it's that whole podcast magic thing of we were only well, actually we're talk- quiet for 30 seconds talking over
2: a little each other a little yeah bit, well yeah,
1: yeah that, oh that's
2: hmm. uh so uh, well i mean I, i'm sure this it, we'll we'll get into a rhythm i guess
1: the I rhythm mean, yeah yeah the rhythm method of podcasting. That already, oh though, that's not mm, that, uh, that's something that, i'm sorry what happened
2: I think I said the the rhythm thing already.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, rhythm's going to get you. I can tell yeah. you that much. You got to be careful watch How out. How much for are it. you going to edit this? I I don't know.
2: Um well, okay, so I try. I mean, okay, well, I don't know. Maybe we we need like another something else. We we have What well, I mean, what else do people talk about? Like I mean, just, you know,
1: well, they talk about, like, television and... Interests. Interests and, and, f- interest and uh, film. Uh, films. Film?
2: Yeah, films are good. Yeah. Um Like, I like movies. One of the great things about movies is that while they're playing, you don't have to think of anything to say.
1: Well, that's true. Yeah, you that's can just true. kind of sit there. Yeah, and some films are just kind of made for not having to think. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's... Well, why don't... Yeah, why don't we... Uh, Why don't we we go to that sketch and see if if things get a little bit more comfortable.
2: Okay. We can just sit in silence. Yeah. Until then. Yeah. Movies. (laughs) Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the Critics Quadrangle, where we discuss the history of cinema Today we will be talking about the movies that have not only shaken the art of film but shaped our beloved society. This is the 14th episode focusing on the endearing classics of the first 200 years of cinema entitled Cinema the First
1: 200
2: Years and Its Endearing Classics. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Critics' Quadrangle, where we discuss the history of cinema. Today, we will be talking about the movies that have not only shaken the art of film, but shaped our beloved society. This is the 14th episode, focusing on the endearing classics of the first 200 years of cinema. Today, I think that each of us has come prepared with our personal selection for the most enduring classic of the first 200 years of cinema.
1: Yes, I have brought in the most influential film. I realize that you have brought the second most influential film.
2: (laughs) We've had this discussion before.
1: My selection as the most influential film of the past 200 years has proven, not only in box office receipts, video game tie-ins, food, merchandise, plushies, action figures, the works. I would also add that its director, Michael Bar, is someone who has not only revolutionized the art of filmmaking, but also our society. And what have your film.
2: My selection is the first of a new generation. It was not fully appreciated initially by the majority of the public. It is a story of everlasting love and it is a story of the miracles that can occur every day
1: in even such an ordinary place as a high school. Many of our Historical records show that students, in fact, never broke into dance. You had to pick the closing film of the first quarter of this franchise's run. A film that no doubt saw people in the theater choosing to choke on their popcorn instead of having to watch this drivel.
2: Only the people stuck in the outmoded school of thought. I have selected this particular film from the franchise's long and glorious history. It is said that the third time is the charm. And in this case, how charming it is indeed. In fact, nowadays that we realize the trend of skipping the first two films and going to part three immediately can be traced back to this very film.
1: I know that my children learned not only the dances, the songs, the secret handshakes, but also the dialogue that we must repeat every morning as soon as the sun rises when we salute the flag. But speaking of flags, that only became thanks to the idiocratic process of evolution that has become our patriotic pastime. I speak of a patriotism... That existed long before and was documented in the true to life events that Mikhail Barr showed us. The wonderful acting of a Kuba Gooding Joie Noir.
2: If only the speeches in your chosen film were as moving. But it represents history. But my film carries us into the perpetually new generation each new generation discovering the film and using it to form their own unique expression of life, rather than dwelling in historical events that are far removed from our current society. Instead, children, teenagers, adults, and even the mega-elderly are able to find something new With each viewing.
1: Though I detest the dancing, though I detest the songs, I have to say that society has been changed for the better ever since that movie came into our lives. Indeed, I have several examples of
2: trends that many today may not realize originally date back to this specific. This film was the first ever to truly capture the feelings of a high school student. People don't realize that the current trend of having personal auto-tune devices implanted in our vocal cords so that we can sing at a moment's notice, no matter where we may go, can be dated back to this film. When we see the auto-tune production used even in scenes that were outside. It is the first movie to lead to high schools designed with floor plans that allow for elaborately staged musical numbers in the cafeteria, in the hallways, in the gym, even in the bathrooms. It is, in fact, the origin of the phrase, I wouldn't eat you if I was starving and you were the last pickle at a picnic.
1: Really? I didn't realize that. Perhaps I had just taken this film and its impact too lightly. The phrases. The songs. Maybe I've been reading these feelings wrong. Maybe it's sadness. Sadness for a a simpler time. A longing. A time when beautiful people were the only ones that roamed the halls of school. When they wouldn't just... Make fun of you because you had a large mustache and an odd-sounding voice. And an accent not befitting the area in which I lived. I mean, anyone would live. I understand now. I... I see now. I feel now. I'm sorry. I must apologize to the listeners and to you. I have been a fool for so long. I've been blinded for so long but now my senses like my nostrils are now open
2: well now it is certainly true that your film has its merits as well N- no no but, but i, I don't, it does i mean you've no. made him but
1: no you can you... tell by the noise that the boys are back again but no but, but the no the, the, the,
2: well I, I, I think it's, it's, but I just I want
1: Nice. Th- boys back again please jack in next week for our special presentation of the recently unearthed primitive B-movie Citizen Kane presented in your choice of 60 super high def more high def most def or smell o that the boys are back again. Till <laughs> then, be peaceful, be loving, and be careful of the snodgrass's tusks. You can tell by the noise that the boys are back again.
3: In a world where knowledge is power. In an age where time is the most valuable commodity. In a voice that's killing my throat comes a podcast that will bring you wisdom in less than one minute a day. So join me, Martin Darkley, As we journey to enlightenment. Our teachers. Classic lines from cinema history. Come then to moviemantras.com and begin a voyage to a higher state.
1: Well, films are really tough to talk about because, I mean, like like some people like horror. Some people like like scary things. Wait, that that is the same thing. Uh, some people like uh, uh, comedies, yeah, and stuff. Um, Sometimes
2: and, you can have scary comedies.
1: Scary? Ca- Ooh, yeah! Mm-hmm. Zombieland.
2: Zombieland. Zombieland's
1: coming out. That's supposed. To, well, that's really not scary. Well, it's supposed it, to be comedy. It, Shaun of the Dead too, but that's not really. Well, scary. you know,
2: I mean, there's there's some scary stuff in it. It's got. It it depends, I think, on your your tolerance for um, people getting their necks ripped out.
1: Uh, wait, is that what happens in Zombieland? Some
2: sometimes. no spoilers. Sorry not it yet. There's also an awesome cameo. Would you, would you
1: uh, look? Okay, obviously we can't talk about movies. Oh uh, well, right. Because you're just going to muck them up for me. Uh. And then I'm not going to spend the twenty dollars just to go see a matinee. Okay. That, wait, it's actually a pretty good idea. <laughs> you could act it out with shadow puppets. Ooh. I uh, get, mm. get kind of old after all. Well, okay. Other things that people talk: about. um, uh, their the music, um, um the yeah. space program. Now, yeah. our they listeners did, they did sure
2: hit that big thing into the moon. What? And, and it, what they, thing? What? There was a big thing, and and it went, and they crashed it into the
1: moon, and it was really anticlimactic. Oh, the one that they talked about on GRD. Yeah. Oh. They really did that. Yeah. Oh. Well, that was fascinating. Laura,
2: Sci-Fi Laura got to be on national TV. I didn't know that. Yeah.
1: Oh, cool.
2: She got to be on national TV saying it really was important, <laughs> we, even though it's kind of anticlimactic. We That's
1: really, not actually what she said. I'm paraphrasing. We really, well, I would hope so. I think she's a little bit more savvy on camera. Um, you know, Sports.
2: Sports, yes. Sports,
1: you know. Uh, How about of,
2: that local sports team?
1: <laughs> so <laughs> True, true. Some of our friends uh, have actually written books on sports. Have they? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I don't think that they're like actually literal books upon the sports of which they feature. Uh, Sigler, the rookie.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. See, um, I, yeah.
1: I, yeah, I, that's, I, I don't think that's I really. I didn't see where you were going You have a Kraken's jersey, though.
2: I do, yeah. It's actually also behind me, but I, have to, oh, I would have to turn yeah, around to, I see to look it. at it. I see it now. It's currently drying out um, on my spare TV because if you
1: put it in a dryer, it's bad. And so you put a wet jersey <laughs> on your television well, to cool you know. it down. Well, you got some hot on there or something <laughs> on television? You got like some OC action or that's not hot? No,
2: it's not plugged in.
1: Then <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh, all right, look, let, let's just go to the sketch, see if anything sports gets better after sports.
2: It would have to.
4: Sports.
1: Hello, I'm Chet Betcha and this is Sports News, presented to you by Gatorade. All the sports under the sun is our job, and that's what we bring to you. If you're looking for night sports, tune into our sister show, Sports Evening, airing at 7 a.m. In top news, Ace Henderson of the Philadelphia Discers was suspended after it was discovered he'd been using a performance-enhancing drug. His spokesperson says it was merely the dye from his recent Gatorade commercial, where his sweat was tinged a bright orange to highlight the sports drink effect on athletes, and holds that it would not help in any way to be seen better during the Frisbee Golf Championships. League officials have yet to respond. We'll come back with the sweep of the out-of-town scoreboards at the bottom of the hour, but first, we have an expert in studio to speak on the dangers that sports pose to its various players. Dr. Hunt, welcome to the studio.
2: Thank you for having me. I feel that sports today are far too dangerous.
1: Well, you are an expert in the field, Doctor. You worked with the Dallas Cowboys, is that correct?
2: I interned with them, yes.
1: You also were integral in helping the American Tug-of-War League solidify many of the rules and statutes that keep the players alive today.
2: No, that is not correct.
1: I'm, I'm sorry, it, it isn't?
2: No, I accidentally caused the death of 13 players when I mistakenly gave them horse tranquilizers instead of their athlete's foot ointment.
1: You, you did what?
2: Well, the bottles look very similar.
1: Aren't horse tranquilizers in pill form?
2: In their original form, yes.
1: Well, but. Well, well, how how, how did...
2: It, it's okay, I get this question a lot. Since the players don't like the taste of the ointment, I usually just put a little bit in their cool, refreshing Gatorade. I'd recently converted seven bottles of my horse tranks into a creamy paste and got the bottles mixed up. Um,
1: doctor, if I may, why did you have seven bottles of horse tranquilizers?
2: It's for the horses.
1: Uh, the, the horses? Yes. You aren't going to elaborate on that, are you?
2: Maybe if you have me on again.
1: I uh, I think we may need to, Doctor. But for this appearance, I'd like to talk to you about what you've done for some of the other sports that you've taken part in.
2: Absolutely. Well, I'd noticed that in our nation's pastime, football, many of the players were hit very hard by their opponents. I suggested that they use padding underneath their uniforms.
1: Well, extra padding, of course. No. A a different kind of padding? Yes. Would you care to elaborate?
2: Sure. Oh, I was expecting another question. Yes, since the 1600s, automobiles have been equipped with side, front, and top airbags. I proposed that the NFL make the uniforms and protection equipped with tiny airbags that will inflate upon impact.
1: Except, of course, the helmets.
2: Well, especially there. A baseball player takes a lot of damage.
1: I'm I'm sorry, did you say baseball? Did you suggest the same to the Major League Baseball Association? Of course. And the PGA Tour. But there, there's no need for protection in pro golf. There's no contact between the other players in golf.
2: I beg to differ. It may be our nation's pastime, but I've seen hundreds of hours of video of people being hit in the cranium, arms, and testicles by golf balls and
1: clubs. And how did you come across this footage?
2: I contacted the AFV, and they were more than helpful in my research. And those hours were made all the easier since there was a wonderful man to guide me through the necessary videos. I found the sound effects particularly useful and hilarious.
1: And by AFV, you mean America's Funniest Videos.
2: As I said, the AFV. It is, after all, our nation's pastime.
1: Oh, this interview is over.
2: But I have many other ideas, such as a personal force field for
1: NHL players. I would like to apologize to the viewers for this ridiculousness. Make sure you tune in tomorrow as we cover the women's lacrosse biathlon meet in Germany. And don't forget, Sports Noon is brought to you by cool, refreshing Gatorade.
2: Our nation's pastime.
1: Oh, knock it off.
4: What kind of author does it take to combine the gridiron intensity of any given Sunday, the space opera epic feel of Star Wars, and the crime ridden underworld of The Godfather? It would take an author with balls. Footballs. New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler has the biggest balls of all in his novel The Rookie a high octane mashup of sports sci-fi and crime fiction set in the lethal pro football league 700 years in the future aliens and humans alike play positions based on physiology thrill to receivers that jump 25 feet into the air linemen bench press 1200 pounds and linebackers that literally want to eat you organized crime runs every franchise games are fixed and rival players are assassinated follow the story of quentin barnes a 19 year old quarterback prodigy who's been raised all of his life to hate and kill those aliens quentin must deal with his racism and learn to lead or he'll wind up just another stat in the column marked killed on the field order your copy now at scottsiglercom slash the rookie This is a limited edition, individually numbered hardcover with an embossed cover and eight colored pages inside. Only 3,000 copies will be printed. So order early before the season's over and they're all gone. The Rookie is suitable for ages 11 and up.
2: So, uh, yeah, well, you know what I've learned today?
0: What's
1: that? Um... Is this like Christiana's final thoughts?
2: A little bit, although I hope to have more after this one.
1: (laughs) Well, that would – I can understand how that would be uncomfortable.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, because I think if if it was actually going to be my final thought, I would hope that it would be something a little bit more profound.
1: Well, I don't know. You haven't said what you're going to say yet.
2: Well, what I was going to say is that we kind of were doing this whole shtick of, you know – Oh, gosh, it's awkward recording for the first time. And and we were kind of playing at being awkward, but it's actually kind of actually awkward to do that.
1: (laughs) It's not easy. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Look, we're pros here. We know what the hell we're doing. Yes. But it is terribly uncomfortable pretending to not know what we're doing. It's yeah. <laughs> just like, okay, do I put enough pauses in here to convey the awkwardness of I'm this? I'm actually and... a little
2: concerned that people won't realize that that's what we were doing.
1: <laughs> so this is kind of the disclaimer. Yeah. This is the uh, hey, look everybody.
2: behind the curtain, everybody. We were we were just pretending. And so <laughs> are, are we still pretending? <laughs>
1: yeah, I think we can. I think I think okay. I'm, we're both tired of that bit. <laughs>
2: Are we? Well, I'm concerned now that we're not going to be able to do any better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's obviously a worry. But uh, but no, you know, actually, um, you and I have known each other for about four years now.
2: Yeah, about that.
1: And uh, I remember meeting you at uh, StellarCon, and we've since then collaborated. Obviously, you do uh, the voice for one of the, the main characters from Mr. Adventure, the Crimson Moth. The Crimson um, Moth. And uh, which is a character that, that makes... Almost as many appearances as Mister Adventure, <laughs> um, the title character. But uh, but uh, I mean you've you've invited me to be on uh, Space Casey yeah. and and a few yeah. of the little side projects that you've done to help promote other people, and I've Indeed. always felt really good about that. And,
2: you did a couple of voices for our skits in uh, Sci-Fi Smackdown, the now sadly defunct.
1: Oh, oh that's right, that's right. Netflix yeah, I did Smackdown. Wolverine. Thank I thought you. I did a damn good Wolverine. I too. thought you did a damn good Wolverine um, also. And uh, did did I end up doing the Colonel Tie? I no, remember. I did Colonel Ty. You did Colonel Ty. That's right. I, I wanted Colonel to do Colonel Ty, Ty.
2: and Adama, and yeah, oddly right. enough, without visual cues, they have very similar voices.
1: Did you? Did you actually visualize the mustache on almost?
2: No, not the mustache, because this was still uh, mid-season two when we were when we recorded that. Oh, that's true. That's believe true. it or not, wow, that was a while ago, wasn't it? So they were talking about that beacon that had the virus. <laughs> It's really hard to do this. Actually, this kind of voice really hurts my throat after a while.
1: Give it a rest. Do your damn job.
2: How do they keep talking like that? Scene after scene after scene.
1: I'm guessing that's probably their natural voices.
2: How do they keep talking at all?
1: <laughs> a lot of practice.
2: <laughs> well, <all> good then.
1: <laughs> but to actually, you know, Michael Hogan's going to be on uh, Dollhouse.
2: He already was. He was on. He the be- sp- I haven't seen it yet.
1: <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> I just knew that he was going to be. <laughs>
2: Well, you realize, of course, that if it hadn't happened yet, you would have just been the spoiler.
1: (laughs) Well, no, no, no. You can talk about people showing up. That's okay. I didn't say anything about how they were going to show up.
2: I didn't either. All I said is that it happened already.
1: Alpha is like a tree in the wind. Or a leaf in the wind. (laughs) A tree in the wind. (laughs) tree in the wind. Well, it's like a tree through wash. All right. um, The... (laughs) Bad form, sir. I know. Bad form, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. But um, like I said, you know, uh, Christiana and I, we've known each other for a while. She was actually my first choice to take over the co-hosting.
2: You were my first choice to have me take over
1: the co-hosting. Oh, well, good. Yeah, I mean, I feel, hey, wait a second. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I feel very honored What the Christiana is, is somebody that I've admired for a very long time Her writing is is just some of the best stuff that's out there And I remember going to the Michael Evo Roast You and I rode together I remember that we kind of ran through your material Because you wanted to just kind of bounce it off somebody else Had I realized that I was going to be going after you <laughs> In that roast I would have given you a lot of bad advice on purpose <laughs> Because you slayed everybody I mean, they. I. The people barely had energy for what I was saying. I confidently say that my stuff was good. And still got a great reaction from everybody, but they were just so damn worn out from you going up there and and just killing. It was at that point in time that I knew that I wanted to collaborate on something with Christiana. And when it came time to revamp Rota, which obviously has gone through many different variations. I think this is five. (laughs) Changes in formats and hosts and stuff like that, trying to find the way that I really always envisioned it going. This is this is pretty much it. This, this is the end of the road. If it this doesn't fucking work, we're done. <laughs> now, uh, the, <laughs> honestly, that I'd always wanted to get into sketch writing and stuff like that, which I had always felt was one of my weak spots. You know, I can improv, I can riff, I can do reactionary comedy, no worries. My writing has always been one of my weaker sides. And so what I'm hoping is that now having a reason, a necessity to actually write, I'm hoping that and I'm planning on it getting better and stuff over time. And Christiana is, is kind of helping me with that. And of course, which I'm, I'm appreciative because when it comes to, uh, to writing, there are few people who can do it better.
2: And now it's awkward again. <laughs> you know, I was actually waiting to say that for a long time, but <laughs> you didn't leave any pauses in the conversation.
1: I know. I was, I, was, I, was waiting how, I was waiting to see how long it would take you before you dropped that in there. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, This is the uh, new version of Roto. This is the new format. We're going with a little bit of sketch comedy. Brought to you by myself and the awesome Christiana Ellis. Also, don't forget to check out all of the previous episodes with the full archive with Earl and myself. At some point in time, I will release the episodes with Ron, Janine, and myself. And, of course, the fabled first episode in which I suck. No. Oh, it's bad. It's bad. But you can find Christiana at?
2: Oh, uh, ChristianaEllis.com.
1: I didn't mean for you to give your your home address. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about the digital address. Yes, at ChristianaEllis.com, and that's where people can find uh, not only links to all of your podcasts, but also your novel as well, correct?
2: That is correct. Everything I do goes there.
1: Oh, very cool. So you've got the master feed that's got everything in it? That's correct. That's the one subscribed to. I, of course, have been podcasting's Rich Sigfret. Uh, you can find me at OutcastMultimedia.com as well as the fine website that you happen to download this from. But then again, <laughs> recommend Me The Outcast has been around so long, it's on every website that decided to molest the iTunes music store when it first came out and hit up every directory that was out there. Yeah. So, I mean, Amiga Fish. I'm I'm even on like the, those free uh, download music here sites oh, yeah. and stuff like that. Nobody yeah. ever downloads. I mean, it doesn't doesn't help the numbers any. <laughs> but I'm there because so I get the little Google alert says that yeah. I am.
2: Well, you all, I guess you theoretically you get Google cred for that, right?
1: Google, <laughs> because that helps so much with street cred and.
2: Well, no, I just mean in terms of Google's little search engines and how high it decides to rank you.
1: True. Incidentally, if you do a search for recommend of the Outcast" in uh, quotation marks or "Podcasting to Rich Siegfried in quotation marks, the website number one.
2: You know, all of that stuff is so confusing. I wish, I wish there was some way to find out more about search engine optimization or SEO, as it is sometimes called.
1: I would imagine you could probably put it into Google. Really? And your computer will explode. Ah. It's like twittering about Twitter being down. I've done that. Really? Anything happen? No. No.
2: Give me an error message.
1: That was anticlimactic. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, we are planning on releasing this show, an episode every month, around the first of the month. That's the plan. Uh, That's the plan. Obviously, Christiana and I are both very busy with our own side projects and work and stuff like that, as I am somebody who has a day job and also hosts trivia throughout the week. I also record a show with Nick Manick and Tyler McManus. Redblackdead.com, folks. It is irreverent it is not for the kiddies. it is absolutely nsfw what's that what? spell Nisfua, nisfw nisfw it's it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun but yeah not for the faint of heart so the websites again christianaellis.com outcastmultimedia.com you can find us links to our twitters our myspaces our facebooks our my face in a tubes you know everything that you could possibly imagine are all there and guys tune in next month our tentative Episode will be released on October 31st. We are hoping to interview uh, a fellow podcaster and his fiance about their actual, real, no BS zombie preparedness plans. Excellent. So so we're going to try to release that uh, on or just before October 31st so that way you can be prepared for whatever may come your way guys thank you so much for listening and we will see you next month
2: or you'll at least hear us we, we will see you on a screen but you won't be able to really see us back or anything it's kind of one way
1: no new itunes comes with that ability
2: okay well then what he said <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody
1: Weather was written by Christiana Ellis. Movies was written by Podcasting's Rich Siegfried and Christiana Ellis. Sports was written by Podcasting's Rich Siegfried. And featuring PG Holyfield as the titleist. Theme song was provided by Magnitude and performed by Five Star Fall. Visit OutcastMultimedia.com for more audio by me, Podcasting's Rich Sigfred, and a host of other fine folks. I
2: know you do a podcast about movies. I do, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, we already talked about that too.
2: Well, you know, uh, we we the one thing though that about our show is we're only able to make to watch movies that have come out already. Never well, mind, it is
1: rather I, difficult to watch a movie before it comes out. I was kind of actually
2: out. trying to think of a way to kind of segue into kind of where the skit is going, and I it, it actually is not really working very well for reasons that are probably going to become apparent when are, people are, listen to this. Are we still in scene, or I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> acknowledge the meta? Yeah. <laughs> Audio title cards between segments. Is this it? Oh, Siegfried. You son of a bitch! You son of a bitch.